Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast. When here and today I am with our Kumaran. He is an MDRT coach and the CEO of the Insurance Collective that is based in Singapore, um, but is available worldwide. So we will talk about that later on as we progress to the podcast. But first, thank you so much for coming in, Kumaran. It's very wonderful to have you here in the podcast. My pleasure, Gwen. Thank you so much for having me on board. And I, I'm so excited to get on board this with you. It's such a honor and pleasure to connect with you and XY Advisors. So, yep, it's going to be quite a fun session, I presume. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, especially because we are actually talking uh, about or are going to talk about a very interesting topic. But before that, before we dive into um, our main topic for today, I just want our listeners to get to know you more. So, Kamaran, how did you get into the financial advice industry in the first place? Ah, that's that's uh, we have to go back a long way for that yes, one. A long so, way. <laughs> um, a long way. So, I've been in the industry for 15 years, starting off my career with Prudential Singapore. And um, But my experience into the insurance industry, or rather my exposure, started way back in 1987. So that's why I said way back, because yeah. my mom has been a financial consultant and an agency leader for over 30 years. Wow. And that was my first taste of insurance. So how, how did it feel like, like having a mom who is a financial advisor? I'm sure she's ha- given you like financial advice ever since you were young. That's quite the contrary, you know. Being a oh. second generation advisor, you mm-hmm. tend to watch and you learn as you go. Oh, so those I... were my experiences. And if I might share something that happened way back when uh, mm. she used to have a meetings or appointments with clients. And um, back then, we didn't have the luxury of uh, babysitters or helps, right? So she would bring me along for her meetings and appointments and put me by the side and said, son, be quiet for a second. Mom's going to attend to a meeting. And I just used to watch her. The way she would uh, would connect with her clients, the way she would work with her tone, every single modulation was something that I learned on the job, right? While following her and accompanying her for such appointments and meetings. So, yeah, that's exactly how uh, my first foray into the insurance industry, or more or less my love for the insurance industry came into play till I joined 15 years ago, yeah. Wonderful. And so 15 years, you've been um, in the industry for such a long time. But so you started as a, an insurance um, advisor. Am I, am I yes, right? That's right. That's right. So I started as an uh, insurance advisor, moving on to an agency leader. And uh, that's when I had this um, sort of a paradigm shift in the way I viewed the insurance industry especially here in Singapore, I felt that there was a lot more things that could be done for the financial consultants or insurance advisors, as we call them here, and and change the perspective of how they were viewed by their clients and the public at large. 
Oh, all right. So here in the Philippines, um, especially in the olden times, insurance um, advisors were viewed as salesmen, um, product pressures. Mm-hmm. Is that the same in Singapore as well? Yes, absolutely, Gwen. I, I think we have, uh, especially in Asia, that, that has been that uh, sort of a, a taboo uh, industry to get into. Mm, yeah, yes. and and that was key because the way insurance was perceived uh, twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, is very much the way wills are perceived, wills and trusts. It's always that mindset that it is a taboo topic, something that we will not talk about, or people do not have that much of knowledge or experience on the benefits of insurance. So yes, you're right. Uh, in Singapore as well, and most parts of Asia, when we connect with the financial advisors. Back then, that was the story, but I think things have changed tremendously, especially over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, I just I wanted to, I guess, highlight that that there has been a real shift in the perspective on how people have viewed insurance, and I think especially in Singapore, like I've heard about this from friends of mine who have come to Singapore to work that. Uh, Singaporeans actually place a very high value on insurance and that has helped you guys um, become like a better economic powerhouse in Southeast Asia. Yeah, that's true too, Gwen. Um, The Singapore government takes a lot of steps to initiate um, campaigns as well as as, um, promotions to put out to the public to tell them that, hey, you know, insurance is part and parcel of our lives. It is a very key part of our financial portfolio. And hence, there is a lot of uh, activity. There is a lot of uh, hype which goes about the importance of insurance. And, uh, and a very interesting thing is also the yardstick that they put out, the insurance bodies and the organizations, uh, MAS, which is the governing authority in Singapore, Monetary Authority of Singapore, have placed a lot of importance on the value of insurance in the Singaporeans as well. Wonderful. That's good to hear that the government is really supporting that. And which brings me to um, something that you mentioned, that you had a paradigm shift in terms of or as you got like more into the industry, as you delved more into the industry. And um, as I mentioned in your introduction, you are the CEO of of the Insurance Collective. So can you tell us more about the Insurance Collective? And I'm sure it has something to do with your paradigm shift. Absolutely, Gwen. Uh, First, let me tell you that that paradigm shift happened just a tad bit before the whole COVID Uh situation hit all of us around the world. And um, it was actually a pretty um, uh, bittersweet story for this to take shape. Uh, My thought process, even when I was an advisor, was that financial advisors, insurance consultants, even the agency leaders, and insurance in totality was viewed as the taboo topic that we spoke about earlier. And this was because of the perception of the public that we were just salespeople. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, look, you know, there are many professionals. We have doctors, lawyers, engineers, and, and everyone who has spent so much of time and effort and energy in their respective fields to be called professionals. And Likewise, in the insurance industry, people who have been practicing it for years have been in the industry for decades. Or those who have been triggered to join the industry too deserve such a recognition. They too deserve to be elevated to a position where people's finances, people's uh, financial matters, medical matters even for that matter, are all taken into the context. And it's the financial consultant insurance advisor who is there with them throughout the entire process. 
Yeah. Mm. So that pretty much triggered a very interesting thought process where, look, why don't we create a community of financial consultants, agency leaders, right up to the corporate comms uh, departments, learning and development departments, on creating a cross-border community of financial consultants, right, where we can break the borders, come on board a collaborative community so that everyone can work together, learn together, build on solutions together as well. Yeah. So that was the key um, start of uh, the Insurance Collective. Initially, the Insurance Collective was just meant to be an academy. It's a, a learning platform for everyone. And that was the reason to capture the voice of these industry professionals, be it financial consultants or agency leaders, pioneers, I would call them, people who have dedicated their lives to this industry to capture their knowledge, to capture their skills, their thoughts, and, and project them to the insurance community of, at large. So that was the initial uh, thought process of the Insurance Collective. Over the year, we have uh, built on more, uh, listening from our financial consultants across the region from Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, and even the Philippines as well, where we have uh, a lot of connections with financial consultants and leaders, that let's look at building a much better platform where we could have coaching and mentoring as part of the process as well, right? To, to look at a much more deeper analytical view of what advisors or leaders really want? What could they do better in this industry? Or how could they propel themselves to a different level using branding, using events, and right up to methods of leads acquisition, which is a very core part of the business as well, yeah. into a very different platform where it becomes personalized, it becomes customized for each advisor and agency leader, depending on what they would want to do, what their niche markets are, and at which stage they are in the insurance career as well. So that is the Insurance Collective, pretty much going deep into diagnostics, understanding the community, understanding the advisor and the agency leader as people first, and then moving into business people in the insurance industry, moving into then coaching and mentoring to guide them towards your goals, be it MDRT or company-centric awards or incentives, right up to moving them up to the path of leadership and thereby partnering with them across the way, as I mentioned with the three key avenues of branding events and leads, which have to be insurance-centric to that context. Yeah. yeah. So right. that, that's how the Insurance Collective came to birth. And, and uh, we are pretty much on track right now to uh, reach a wider target audience at this stage. Wonderful. And yeah, we, we actually talked about this um, before uh, we started recording that you are actually uh, relaunching the Insurance Collective today. So um, I wanted to ask, what are some of the things or the new features that you've added in to help more of the like insurance advisors um, with regards to what you're doing now? Yes, uh, thank you, Gwen, for, for talking about that one. Yeah. So that, that has been a project in the making for the past six months, to be honest with you. Uh, while the Insurance Collective was launched uh, quite some time back, it started off with the Academy, as I mentioned, where we have coaches and mentors, life uh, coaches, business coaches, motivational speakers. The current model that we are relaunching is based on something called the Insurance Business Canvas. So it's a diagnostic tool where we get to understand the personality and the psyche of the advisor or the agency leader. And it starts off with a few questions such as the narrative. 
What is a narrative of, let's say, Gwen, who has been a financial advisor for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, or even a rookie advisor who has been in the business for a year? We want to dive deep and understand why they got into the industry, right? And, and thereafter, we go into the narrative of how that individual is, whoever they are, as a financial practitioner, as a change maker in the insurance industry. So these are very interesting questions that we elicit working one-on-one with the advisors and leaders, moving into a much more key uh, avenue such as who their key partners are in the insurance industry, what are their objectives, what are their key goals and targets, uh, what are their expenses in the insurance industry, and what things they would like to improve. So it becomes the foundations of their business plan or, or a business journal, more or less, for them, specific to the insurance industry or where they are in the industry as well. Right. And and uh, and I, I really wanted to ask that and, and highlight that in this podcast because I think that it's really helpful um, because, let's face it, no matter how um, progressive the insurance industry is in a particular country, um, so in this case in Singapore, there, uh, advisors or people in the industry are still facing a few challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I wanted to highlight that as well. So I know that the Insurance Collective is working very hard to address those concerns. But may I ask, like, what are some of the major concerns? Or, or before I ask that, I guess, what is the insurance atmosphere um i guess that was my first question right or, yeah. Well, yeah what like what is the atmosphere of the like the insurance industry in singapore currently well yeah, um, singapore is a very highly regulated country in terms of, of finance as i mentioned and insurance is a very regulated industry here in singapore and uh we have Many, uh, th- there are many issues that the advisors face, and perhaps I could just draw out a few from my experiences, both as an advisor, as well as with the advisors that we have been speaking to over the past yeah. few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the key things that these guys are facing is actually the ability to brand themselves. Right. Uh, we, we have almost 20 over thousand financial consultants and agency leaders here in Singapore. And, you know, there is that absolute need for them to, to define their, their niche, to define themselves as advisors or agency leaders to set themselves apart. And that's a core question here. How do they do that? How do they create that, uh, representation that sets them apart from their peers or from their competitors or whatnot, right? So that is one key uh, issue that the financial consultants here in Singapore face, the branding of themselves, right? And uh, another interesting part that they also face is the acquisition of new clients. That is key. We, we are still a small country, a small city-state, right? And, and there is that much of insurance that can be sold. So uh, it's always an interesting thing for them to look at. How do we acquire more clients? But the way the Insurance Collective looks at it is to dive deep back into your own existing business and look at that in a very different perspective and look at that with a fresh set of eyes. And that's what we are here for, for the Insurance Collective, to aid the advisors and the uh, agency leaders to look at their business, re-examine, demystify all these corners and areas that they might not have thought about and work with them as coaches and mentors throughout the process. So I would say the two bigger challenges would be the branding of their themselves as financial consultants and their business, as well as the acquisition of new leads. Those are the key issues that financial consultants, I think, face here in Singapore. Uh, right, and that's really true because um, as 
there are a lot of people in the industry that's working um, as insurance advisors already. Um, and although it's not really a problem of um, running out of people to serve, but it's more on how can you stand out so that mm-hmm. you can um, service the people that you actually want to serve, uh, to serve your niche, right? Um, is it the same in, um, in Singapore where some... Um, insurance advisors would want to work with a particular client or a particular um, age group? Yes, that's so true, Gwen. So um, I'll just bring out a recent case study and a a, a session that we had with an advisor. So um, again, you see that the key part of the business canvas, the insurance business canvas is diagnostics. When you end up sitting one-on-one with a person, and having about an hour of conversations with them, you sort of elicit information that otherwise they would not share, yeah? Yeah. So um, an example would be uh, this wonderful lady who is with one of the companies here in Singapore, and she is actually getting married in December. So we connected in October 1st, and she was looking at, oh, God, Kumaran, it's so tough to get married during the COVID situation. <laughs> yes. Right? Things are way more expensive. And as a bride-to-be, there are so many things I have to think about in setting my wedding planning in order and how I wish I'd planned for this in advance. And I told her, look, isn't this the particular niche that you should be working with? You know, people, young couples who are looking to get married, people within her database of clients or prospects who would look at possibly getting married during these COVID situations who already have gotten married and share their experiences and understand the finances that go into uh, planning a wedding during such tough times, right? And to be that beacon of hope or at least a beacon of knowledge that will enable these people to have a peace of mind during this process, Right. Oh, that's so, so perfect. So it, tra- because- it changes the, the, the momentum of it all. And she was like, aha, yes. How do I do that then? And uh, it's it's very much personal to her. I said, hey, look, you have gone through this process. You are going through it. You know how much it costs. Then why don't you create a community or create your own affiliations and partnerships with uh, bridal salons, with other vendors who are part of the entire process, photographers, food vendors, event partners, event planners, wedding planners. This creates a very unique community for you that enables you to go out and brand yourself to your target clients. And these people could be from the age of their late 20s all the way to late 30s. Yeah. So you already defined a gap in Mm -hmm. that process. That's So I can really relate to this story because I just recently got married. I got married last March. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and it's so true that it's very easy to tap into that because um, after I got married, I actually received a lot of questions from a lot of my like mm-hmm. female, uh, even male friends who are planning to get married during these times. Um, so yes, definitely, it's easier to market to those who um, especially if you've already experienced it and especially if people already know that you've been through this so you're kind of like an expert and that elevates you from like the rest of your peers uh, as a an, an insurance advisor even so yes sure. that's a and and i guess the the good thing about this is that you were able to point that out to an insurance advisor um and she may not have thought of that herself or if she might have thought of that 
um, then it might have been too late. She would have thought of it like years later, oh, I should have done that. And so um, I guess the insurance collective provides like a fresh set of eyes and an in-depth coaching on for financial or I'm sorry, insurance advisors in Singapore. But yeah, um, um, <laughs> I'm just saying Singapore, but I did, you did mention um before we started recording that uh, the insurance collective is available for insurance advisors outside of Singapore. That's right. That's right. And it's it's on that same narrative, uh, Gwen. Yes, we are also working with advisors in Malaysia, Indonesia, as I mentioned, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, as well as the Philippines, which which is which is very interesting because it gives us the ability to connect the dots for these advisors across the the board, even the agency leaders, right up to the corporate comms. Yeah, uh, the these people uh, view the the connection of the insurance collective as something which is relevant, yet it is very unique country to country. Mm, and and yeah. that's, a, that's an important thing for us to look at. And as you highlighted earlier, uh, the advisor that I mentioned earlier by getting on with a one-on-one session with her, she might have realized it, yes, somewhere down the line. But the key point is that she was able to express it. And that's key here, that she had the opportunity to, to have a listening ear to run through what her thought processes were. And what we do beyond anything else is to connect it for her and build the entire ecosystem for her to follow through and follow up with. Because an idea is just an idea. I could have that chat with her, and it would not come to fruition. My role is to ensure that it comes to fruition as well. All right, yes. And interestingly, Gwen, if I might add, uh, when we talk about different countries, and as I said, you know, we have to adapt to the the needs or adapt to the insurance environment in each country, and and especially countries like Cambodia, for example, where we speak with a lot of these business development managers from the bigger companies right up to the uh, agency heads. And we always understand that there is a problem solution for everything. And we need to work with them one-on-one and then work with the complete agency force in understanding what each cluster needs. So a province would have a very different need versus another province. And the advisors would have a very different niche. Some would be focusing on bank assurance, for example, while the others are focusing on employee benefits. So yeah. it's a very unique problem statement each city we go to, or and even right up to each advisor that we work with. It's such a interesting and dynamic day for us on a daily basis on a weekly basis as well so yeah yeah and it's so exciting because um you get to listen to different stories um and um i remember one financial advisor uh told me that it's so um not only refreshing but really i guess informative in a way to hear other people's stories mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. see how you can actually become um, a forefront uh, in in unfolding a, a better solution for them, um, and it's never like a it's never like a one size fits all, and that's kind of exciting too. That's the word. It's never a one size fits all, Gwen. Trust yeah. me, it's so yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And and especially that you're not only working for Singaporeans, you're also working for um, other countries as well, and that makes it 
you know, you can you can find the, the solution from one country and apply it to another country. Am I right? Like, is that something that is you guys do? Oh, so that's that's a bit interesting. So when we look at uh, certain countries and the demographics as well as the as the mindset of the advisors, it is so drastically different. To be honest, Gwen, mm. so you would have advisors from country A who are are much more open and receptive to social media and branding. Mm. While you might have uh, another advisor, a group of advisors in another country who feel that they would want to still go through the traditional route of working mm. with their clients. So you would have to have a mix of both. So ah. when solutions are presented to them, it's always that opportunity for them to try something new first while still think uh, sticking to the, to the old ideals or the old principles of things, but embracing something new as we go by. So we could bring something which is very successful in another country, but it might not work in another, right? So it's that, yeah. that fine line, that tipping point that we have to look at when we work with people from or advisors or even uh, uh, agency leaders, business development managers from different countries. It's a very unique proposition each time. Oh, that's so cool. And, um, oh, and yes, I, I agree because I think we've talked about this before that, um, some people are, yeah, like you said, are very open to some of the things that like social media or even like video presentations and some would really prefer like the face to face conversations yeah. and, um, even paperwork. So uh, you yes. really have to pick and choose what works best for each and um, every insurance advisor. And we talked about this, that not only are you guys catering to um, the financial side or the business side of, I, I guess, insurance, you're also catering to the mental health and well-being of your your clients yes. and their clients that's right that's right that's actually a very big part of what we do as well Gwen and uh, that's the key starting point the academy that's how it all came into fruition right and um, and and the backstory of that was that uh, we felt uh, me and my team as well as all the initial pilot group of advisors that we worked with looked at ourselves and we, we decided hey guys why don't we just look at us as human beings too, financial consultants, agency leaders, right up to the corporate comms, anyone in the insurance industry, we, are, we too are human beings. Mm. And, and a lot of effort has been placed on the well-being of clients. And it's about time that we took a, uh, a, a step back and looked at how we could take care of the mental wellness of our advisors. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the main pillars of their mindset, their soul, their heart, right up to their fitness and this was a very key part of the insurance collective to look at how we could bring in life coaches, business coaches, motivational speakers, um, career coaches, even fitness trainers and nutritionists so that the advisors too have something on the go. They can connect with that. They can bring themselves back to their homes and connect with their families about this as well. It's not just about uh, chasing the cases or chasing the, the premiums or chasing clients, or chasing business. It's also looking at protecting themselves as individuals, as person, uh, as, as a mother, as a son, as a father, as a brother, as a daughter. They too play these different roles. So, so the collective felt that we should have these four pillars anchored on, the spiritual context, the emotional context, the intellectual context, and right up to the physical prime of their, their, their activity as well. 
So that's where we brought in 12 very wonderful, beautiful coaches who would then support the advisors in their process. And the great part, as you highlighted earlier, the financial advisors and agency leaders can now connect with their clients with things beyond insurance. Yes. And that's a much better way to, to work with. Uh, a simple example would be with one of our coaches on the Insurance Academy, where she is a mindfulness and wellness trainer. And she shares tips and she shares in her, her sessions with our advisors about how they could connect with their teenage children in a much more better oh. perspective, right? And, and when this came to us, my role here is then to condense it into how the advisors can share the content with their own clients who have teenage children. Yeah, and that that is very good because <laughs> I have an incoming um, teenager and I do not know what to do. It is <laughs> one of my fears to get through uh, the teenage years of your um, child. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would really appreciate for someone to be there in order to support me with that because it does take up uh, – mental like headspace mm-hmm. um and it can even hinder you to working effectively as um as an insurance advisor as a financial advisor but and, and it's wonderful that they can translate what they've learned through that coaching session into how they can help their um, existing and future clients with that part of the problem as well so that their clients can be more effective in what and in, in what they do too and that provides a lot more value um, as someone who is in their client's side right not they're not just insurance advisors right. they're also coaches um, right. and and so but I guess, my my question for that now is, are Singaporeans talking freely about it, especially in the insurance industry? Mm-hmm. Are they talking openly about their mental health? Or is it something that you also have to coax out of them from um, coaching sessions? Now, I think it has a lot, it's become a lot more uh, open in these few years, to be honest with you, Gwen. Uh, prior to this, pandemic, people were still restrictive about what they would speak yeah. about, especially their, their, their mental state of mind or their physical state of mind. Um, in the past couple of years, we have seen a lot of advisors actually reach out for help, reach out to connect with people. And it's not necessarily help. I would say that they need some time to speak about themselves. Mm, yes, yes, like a and that's what of... is missing in, in in that context. You know, they spend so much of time speaking about uh, solutions, about uh, about products, about uh, crafting a plan for someone else, but they don't take the time to craft to, to speak about themselves. Who is, say, for example, John Doe, and what does John Doe love to do? Uh, what does he love to do on his weekends, or what does he do when he wakes up in the morning? Or what would he love to achieve? And that is where we have to elicit these details out of them. And it can only come through conversation. And these conversations are very special because when, when they speak more, they, they tend to have an identity which is cleared up. It's a block that they have been facing, either in their personal or professional lives. And it's our role, at, uh, it's my role, to be honest with you, and I'm very honored and blessed to have the role to speak to these individuals, to understand their, their concerns, to understand where they are coming from and where they intend to go. And sometimes it's all just about someone to listen to yeah. or someone who would listen to your issues. So that's as simple as that, but it's very profound. Yes, um, 
and I think it's very important and something that needs to be uh, to to become a forefront of conversations amongst not just insurance advisors um, and in amongst themselves, but also from insurance advisors towards their clients because mm-hmm. um, it's one of the main issues that we've seen that have sprouted up during the pandemic, right? Yes, but, right. And I'm, I'm uh, so I guess even how sad the the outcome of the pandemic was there was still something good that came out of it because Mm -hmm. a lot of we had to realize a lot of stuff um about ourselves and about our communities um which we are now talking about and i guess um oh right this is a i think a question that would be good to ask is like how is the insurance industry um after the pandemic hit? Well, um, we have seen quite a growth of the insurance uh, business here in Singapore, to be honest, Gwen. That it has been very sustainable. There has been good positive growth. And again, I, I guess it comes to the point where people suddenly feel the need to be protected much more than they ever did before. And uh, that has created a very good flow of business for the insurance advisors here, for the insurance companies here and the industry in total. So yes, we have seen a upswing in the insurance business. Yeah, and um, new insurance advisors coming in, um, new young bloods in the yes, insurance industry. Absolutely, ah, yes, yes. Wonderful. Which is a very interesting lot of people, to be honest with you. Mm. And uh, it's it's so fun to work with these group of individuals, especially the young ones. For them to to come into this industry, one would think that they are forced to get into this industry. <laughs> yeah, and it's not entirely true. I've heard of I've heard of personally and, and spoken to a few personally who have been triggered to join the industry due to a tragedy. Yes, yes, and um, yeah, yeah. I would actually ask about that because there was a surge in in the number of financial advisors and mm-hmm. insurance advisors who um, have started their careers in in the industry here in the Philippines as well. Um, and most of them is because of, as you said, a tragedy or not even a tragedy, but like an, like a, an awakening. If, mm-hmm. if you, if you say with um, that life Maybe it is too short. That's true, but there is a lot that you can do about it in order for yourself to gain peace of mind. Absolutely. So, yeah, yes, and to be able to help other people find that peace of mind is actually a very noble cause. So, yeah, and that's uh, very promising for the industry to see that there are new people realizing. Um, the value of insurance and financial planning and how they can help other people find that too. So I guess my final question for you before we end the, the show, Kumaran, is what would your advice be? Um, since you've been in the industry for 15 years now, but what would uh, what would you say to budding um, insurance advisors who are new to the industry or who are just still thinking about starting in the industry? Uh, well, you know, um, I, I would always draw reference to uh, a couple of terms that I have been acquainted with for all these years. Uh, it's actually, Ken, it's called Kensho and Satori. So this is a uh, Zen Japanese term or Zen Japanese concept, 
which has been around for thousands of years, to be honest. So I would just explain that uh, in the context that advisors or future advisors might understand. So Kensho are, are certain moments in life, which is a gradual unpeeling, right? So for advisors who are new into the industry, there would be many um, events, circumstances that would gradually shape them towards understanding their purpose or vision in the insurance business. It, it doesn't happen overnight for everyone. It takes some time. Uh, pioneers in the insurance industry have spent 20 years or 25 years before knowing the true value of what they bring to their industry, right? So I would, I would suggest that they embrace it. They understand the process, yes, but to go through the process without giving up at any one point of time. Uh, and then there is the extreme of it all, which is Satori. And that's a, a aha moment. You just suddenly wake up and you figure out your purpose in life, whether it's in the insurance industry or any other industry, to understand that their value that they bring is, is magnificent to the people that they serve. Uh, and every advisor, I think, in their lives, future advisors, would go through this process of a gradual unfolding of themselves as people, as professionals, which is the Kensho moment. And then you would have the Satori moment, which is a aha moment. And that's it. You can't look back and change anything else because once you have seen it, you can't unsee it. Uh, so that would be that process to understand this, to go through it and, and love every minute of it. Uh, that's very sound advice and so profound. Thank you so much. Uh, and oh, before we end, um, where can people find you or get to know more about you? Like if they want to reach out, um, if they want to be part of the Insurance Collective, how can they reach you? Oh, yes, of course, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, our Kumaran and also our platform is going to be up on Friday, full and running. Today, it's our... Uh Today's the official day, but we are thinking that, you know, give ourselves a couple of days and it'll be all ready yes. for everyone to go through it. It's the insurancecollective.com.sg. And I really hope that we can build a strong community together. Wonderful. All right. That's so awesome, Kamaran. And thank you so much again for coming to the show and sharing um, all of the wealth and knowledge that you have in um the 15 years you've been in the industry and also um, giving us a slice of what the uh, insurance collective um, can do and will continue to offer for the insurance industry in not just in Singapore but in Southeast Asia as well so again thank you so much and have a good one my pleasure Gwen thank you so much for this opportunity Mm -hmm.